Whenever I visit France, I always see lots of top bottles for sale, but when I get back home, those same bottles can be much harder to find, if not impossible. That's why I use IdealWine.com. At IdealWine.com, I can buy wines directly from France for delivery directly to my home. They have new auctions every week, and the fixed price selection is equally awesome. Clos Rouchard, Chateau Reyes, and Ulysse Colon, as well as many more greats from all over France, are regularly available on the website. Best of all, it is simple and hassle-free to buy them. Ideal Wine handles all the customs and logistics hurdles for you and for me. Wines are ordered with a couple of clicks, and then they arrive. It is simple. Check out IdealWine.com for more information. That's I-D-E-A-L-W-I-N-E.com to find what you'd like to be drinking. I'm Levy Dalton, and this is All Drink to That, where we get behind the scenes of the wine business. Jean-Marc Rouleau of Domaine Rouleau is here with us today. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello, Levi. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for your invitation. Happy well, to be there. Welcome to New York. Thank you. So you're in town for a film? You're shooting a film? Yes, it's very special because I used to, to be here for wine. But this time, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm, I was, uh, I'm an actor too. It's a small part of my life. But uh, this time I'm in New York for, to shoot a movie about a French a foreign minister who, who, who came in New York to make a speech in UN building. So we have two days shooting inside a UN building. Well, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. Kind of I went there yesterday. It was, was very exciting and uh, was was very impressive to be in, inside the building. The assembly hall. and Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, so I'm one of the advisors of the minister. And uh, this was funny to, to, to do this. And the director, the French director, is Bertrand Tavernier, who is a, a known French director. And you've done many films. Not so many, but uh, I would say, sir, I don't know, 30? 30 is a lot. <laughs> yeah, now that Depardieu has left to Russia, you're probably France's number one actor. No, no, you I know, mean... Putin still not uh, suggests me to be Russian. <laughs> <laughs> well, be that as it may. Um, so you also have a family wine estate in, uh, based in Merceau, mm -hmm. in, in Burgundy. Yeah. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit of that, the history of, of that estate. Kiwilo uh, was your father. Yes. And So I'm uh, the... My sister and I, we are the sixth generation uh, producing wine in Meursault. But the real size of the estate was, was uh, built by my, my, my both parents, uh, Guy and Geneviève. And uh, my father uh, acquired, new, acquired new plots in the 50s, 60s. And uh, he died in 80. And when he died, the estate was 14.5 uh, hectares. And um, he worked with his father and make his own wine since the early 60s, uh, acquiring uh, Les Tessons, then renting some plot of, of Luché, buying some other Luché, uh, renting some Mechavo. And uh, he had some plot coming from my mother, uh, Meursault Tillet, some Aligoté too, Auxédures, Montly, and... Time after year after year, the the, the estate increase, and uh, he were managing fourteen point five hectares in eighty two. And one of the things that was kind of uh, 
really cool and still is today about Rouleau is that you would bottle each of those different vineyards separately um, at the domain. So they didn't go to the Negos and the domain level for non-grand crew was kind of relatively new at the time your father was doing it. Yes, because, you know, uh, my, my, my father at, at this time was not producing any premier cru. I he see. only was managing uh, Aligoté, Bourgogne Blanc, and several plots of, of uh, village-level wine. And uh, with Bernard Michelot, Pierre Matraud, they were um, among the first to, to, to want to, to see the expression what could be a, a Mechavot alone, a, a Luchet alone. And you know, they had no, grand cru, they had no premier cru. So, sure. so they were curious in a good way. They, they exchange a lot, they, they, they taste together. And they were among the first to separate the, the Lieudy level uh, wine. And that's continued to this day. Like you, you've never blended the crews together no. of Merceau. Never. Whatever the vintage. Sometimes some people in, in, in the cellar suggest me, why don't you try? But it's it's so far from my my way to think about wine. So I even never try. And never try. I remember as a young sommelier, I, I learned the term Ludi because yeah. of your estate, because uh -huh, of serving okay. your wine. Because <laughs> people would say, is this a premier crew? And I, I was like, well, no, it's a, it's a crew, but it's, and that's that's why I found yeah. out about it. And now I think a lot of people probably uh, and, and you know separate. I think Meursault is a big appellation and it's it's worse to, to be done because it's it's wide and, and, and you know for from a TA to a Mechavo it's, it's a huge difference from northern part to southern part uh, it's it's big difference inside the the lieu de level not only between a village on Premier Cru or village on Bourgogne Blanc it's worse to do it in, in this kind of appellation and it also promotes the appellation it's a way to 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 make it more to 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 more to make it more value, and so I know it's difficult when when somebody's coming to Meursault because I, now I since several years I have the map in the cellar and it's helping very much. It's a lot of information for people to to understand. It's not so easy when you're here in a restaurant in New York. Or what is a Mecha or What is a Luchet? I know this is difficult, but that is what people are looking for now in Burgundy. They're not looking for. A standard Merceau, they're looking for particularity, unicity. And something that was also different about Rouleau and what your father did was he planted Massal selection vines as opposed to yeah. clones in yeah. the 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. How did he make that decision and do you find it valuable today? Of course, because I'm, I'm lucky because working uh, with vineyard, my father plant or replant in the in the 50s and 60s so now i'm, I'm managing a lot of plot which are 50 years old uh, it's good and the, um, i replanted some uh, some bourgogne blanc in the 18 and 19 use a, a little bit of of uh, comment clone mm -hmm. but for the morceau i never use it and i'm i'm T taking uh, come on, plants from, from Tesson or Luchet. So I'm renewing this massal selection from, from our own one. So you, you replace vine by vine? Yes. When, yes. when yes. something dies yes. and say TA. But the selection comes from Tesson, you understand? Mm -hmm. huh? Sure, it's a massal from... I'm still doing massal for, for Meursault. And do you find that that uh, has a house character that it brings to Rouleau and the wines that you have? I, I I can't have a, a scientific demonstration, but I, I imagine there is something like a, a home, a home massal selection. Something mm -hmm. from yes, it's it's an identity, 
I should, uh, come on, keep and an entretenir uh, in French. Uh, you want to yes, maintain this. Yes, maintain this. And pass right, it on. Right, right. And, uh, and uh, I want to add something about the, the fact my father uh, make a different cuvée. I think the style of the house came also from this decision. Because separating Méchavot, Luché, Tillier, Tesson, you want to see the difference in, in, in your glass. So if you're having a, a too, maybe a too heavy style, too much wood, too much uh, richness, it, it would maybe hide a little bit those differences. So I'm following this, uh, this education because my, I'm, I'm sure my father wanted to, to, to see the difference of, of those several wine in, 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 his, in, his, in his cellar too. So it's all, it's, uh, this decision was a main decision and it contributes to the home style wine. Because many times when people talk about Rouleau, they talk about transparency. They talk mm -hmm. about a crystalline style that's not over, overplayed or heavy uh, with the winemaking. And what you're saying is that that is uh, something that is very much on purpose to let the, the, the site show yeah. through without mm -hmm. getting in the way of that. And it's, it's a little bit against the traditional uh, image of the appellation, which is, you know, re, re, between if you see uh, Meursault and Puligny, Meursault is, is used to to be percepted like bigger, uh, richer, absolutely more powerful, and elegance would be in Puligny, uh, you know. So uh, it's it's a challenge to 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 do this, but I'm of course happy to do it. And like this, this way. And now I feel like Dovisat and Ravenel are very very popular in the yeah. United States market, and I wonder if that coincides uh, with the same time that your wines have become increasingly popular in the United States because when I first started they were known and respected but now it seems like they're adored and I think I out. think something happened in the late 90s early 2000 and I think the trip and Pole help a lot oh I see exposure I, th I, I think so and maybe uh, the reputation increased uh, more quick more quickly here then, then it's it's happening in Europe. Now it's it's okay in Europe. It's it's uh, it's working too, but uh, I think the trip I made, and thanks to Daniel Daniel Jones, it's it's helped a lot. I see. It's helped a lot, and you, to, to communicate and to explain the style and and meet the people, know who are the sommelier, who are the people who are, who are drinking the wine, and of course I, I I check it at home because many I have many uh, tasting requests. Of course, many American people, and uh, I, I think the the, the the changing happened late nineties. I see. And uh, did that also coincide with uh, some changes in winemaking? Because did you change the elevage a little bit to a little bit longer? Maybe yes, you're right. Because uh, the 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 main change was uh, to decide to leave the one year elvage time to, to and, to, and to, to use 18 months. I see. This, this was the main changing and uh, 96. So 96 was sold in uh, 98. So it's, 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 it coincided with, with what you were explaining. And how do you think that that affected the wines that six months longer in the, the wood? You know, it took me uh, too much time to, 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 to make this decision, but I would never come back to, to the past. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, the, the, it's mainly a question of texture. I see. 
something silky is arriving in the in the in the wine, more deep. And I like the the six more months are happening in stainless steel. So it's it's bring both things. Uh, tension. Come on, droiture, uh, something very sure. Yeah, linear. And yeah, brisk and silkiness, so which is so, so sort of uh, not richness, deepness. Some deepness. You understand? I do a hundred percent. Voilà. So and you know, uh, since I did this. I changed my wine for only one, one wine, which is Boucher O2. Oh, I see. Because the Malo goes very quickly, and I thought, oh, it, it's maybe a too long time to, to wait for this wine. And uh, now when I'm tasting, this Boucher O2 is not my favorite one. And uh, if, if you bottle after one year, you catch the wine on something more fruity, which could be good, but it's not the main thing we're looking for um, in a Meursault. I see. So maybe we could talk a little bit about the different uh, vineyard sites that you yeah. you do bottle. Uh, what are some of the differences between, say, Mechavo and Luchet and Viroy? Oh, maybe we should f begin by, by Aligoté. And, and sure. I, I like those small cuvées, and I like I like to to focus on them because it's important. It's a visit card for the estate. Do you feel those, that way? Because they're kept accessibly priced. And yeah. Many people and to me, Bourbon Bo Blanc is a visit card. Huh? It's the biggest cuvee of the estate. This year will be uh, 22,000 bottles. And this is a, the bottle which which uh, travels the, the most. Sure. You know? That's what I used to pour by so the glass. It's, it's, to me, it has to speak about what are the Meursault. <laughs> same style. So same same viticulture, of course. Uh, same way of élevage, little bit lower, uh, come on, lower oak level. Okay. Only uh, eight percent of new oak. But it's, it's usually like twenty, thirty percent. Village village are, are fifteen to eighteen. Okay. And premier cru twenty five to a third. Got it. It's up to the vintage. Uh, so the different plot of Bourgogne Blanc. There are maybe I don't know maybe twelve, fifteen different plots of Bourgogne Blanc, but I, I, and they're near Merceau, but not yes. in Merceau. No, they are in Merceau. They are in Merceau, but not allowed to be called as Merceau. Of course, they are Bourgogne Blanc, but the plots are always located right beside Merceau plot. It's uh, very understand. very good location for for Mer for uh, Bourgogne Blanc, and uh, so the, the estate is already complicated enough with Mechavot Luchet, and I don't want to to share the different plots of Bourgogne Blanc. So it's it's only one cuvee. Of Bourgogne Blanc, you blended the crews together for the Bourgogne Blanc, the, for the the, the crews that are made into the Bourgogne. Blanc. Yeah, yeah. So only one cuvee of Bourgogne Blanc, and uh, about the Meursault, there are there are several plots on the northern of the appellation towards Auxerrois. Uh, following the hill, you have Mechavot, Luchet, Vireuil. Not so far from that, we have a new plot of Auxerrois white, which is very close to Lévireuil. It's about uh, 300 meters far away from Lévireuil. It's, it's a very good addition to our range. I, I'm very happy to have a, an Auxerrois white. So if I follow the, the, uh, uh, about the Meursault, turning uh, east, southeast, you have Litesson, which is same level on the plot as Les Luchets, but a better exposition. Les Tessons, Claude Montplaisir, which is a claw we are managing. It's 
not a monopoly, but uh, you own like 80% of Tesla. Now, yes, right? and the 20 are uh, Pierre Moret. Pierre Moret is managing it. We also have thousand to the appellation. We have uh, Meursotier, which is higher on the slope, thinner soil, quite different. Huh? A, a tiny plot of uh, Narvo. This is for the Meursault. And I, of course, I forgot the new one, which is a single Meursault cuvée, which is a, a blend of several plots. Meursault Claude Labaronne, a big one, which is a new purchase we, we got uh, two years ago. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, uh, Gruyache and Croteau. Voilà. This is for the Meursault. So what is new with... O11 Vintage, it's a new cuvée of Meursault. So I just spoke about the differentiation. So we still, of course, separate the different plots on the hill, but the Meursault coming from the, south, from the lower part of the slope, we, we, we offer a new cuvée, this cuvée of uh, Meursault. And the Aussi de Rest, is that the same parcel that was being bottled by Dumonti for a while, or is that completely no, no, different no, parcel? No, okay. no, no, not at all. No, okay. No, no, just curious. And you make a little bit of red, just a little bit. Yes, two, two plots, uh, Auxet du Reste Premier Cru, which are located uh, between, uh, not so far from the limit between Montli and Auxet, Les Dures, and uh, Montli Village, not so far from the, the plot of, of Auxet. So I have no more Bourgogne Rouge, uh, only two red plots, those two. And among the, the white Premier Cru, uh, Poruso. We own two plots in Poruso, uh, a third of an hectare in uh, Le Poruso, and a new addition of 0.20 hectares in Poruso Dessous. Uh, a big plot, and this is, new, this is a new acquisition too, a big plot of Claude de Bouchère, Monopole. It's a big one, 1.40 hectares. And the first cuvée will be O11, Charme, Dessous, and Perrière, Dessous. That's all. <laughs> and uh, let's speak a little bit about the Alagote, because that's something that I think a lot of people really like and yeah. associate you with. Uh... So Aligote is, um, those are very old uh, vineyard coming from my grandfather, my mother's side. And uh, it's usually the latest plot we, we're harvesting. And this is the only one with, which is uh, full, no no wood, only stainless steel. I see. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And we, I should mention that it's it's not as long as the uh, Bourgogne Blanc or the Meursault. It's a shorter élevage. The mallow used to happen in in between March and, and June, and we usually bottle August, July, August. So it's been several generations of the Rouleau family, but your father, Guy, really um, uh, expanded the domain quite yeah. a bit, brought it to a little over 10 hectare, and you're also expanding it. I wonder if you could just sort of chart the progression. Your father died in his 50s, somewhat uh, unexpectedly early, uh, and what happened subsequently to his death in terms of both winemaking and the size of the domain? So we began the interview explaining I was an actor too. Uh, you know, when I was 20, I, I, I was 21, 22. Uh, I was already working with my father. Uh, I have only one sister who is uh, four years older than me. 
And she works with me, but only in the commercial part. She's not involved in, in viticulture or, or uh, vinification. So, um, of course, my parents wished me to stay at, at home. I was working with him and I wasn't so happy because uh, at this time I have no idea about what was, what was wine. I, I tried to, to follow my father, but I have the, the idea wine was only work. And my father was successful and he, he was producing very good wine. And I had, I had the feeling I had no way to express myself and I would probably never do as well as him. And I made a theater at school. I love it. I was going to, to a lot to movie theater and, and I wanted to do this. And it uh, was a late decision for me. I was 21 to 22. So very late, I, I told my parents, I, I want to quit. I want to quit home. I don't want to be a wine grower and I want to be an actor. So it was a very special day, <laughs> as you guess. <laughs> and uh, I did it. I went to Paris. Uh, of course, my, my, my parents were so much disappointed because I, I never prevented them about that. It was a, a new for them. Uh, so it was a very difficult time. I went to Paris and I, I was successful to, to be in a, in a very good school uh, for, for acting, uh, conservatoire in Paris, which helped me a lot because they, they, at this time, the truth, the truth, ils m'ont cru, they, they believed to me, they believed to my decision. Uh, Your parents did. Yeah, I yeah. It was, was difficult for one or two years, but when I was successful in this school, it, it helped me a lot. And uh, sadly, my father became ill when I, this school was three years cool and he, he, he died during the third year. And I began something and, it, and I didn't want to come back. Of course, the question uh, happened, what do you want to do? And, you know, I was finishing the studies. I, I had something to, to do. It's, the window were open and it was too, it was a, a very big decision for me, but I decided not, not to be back at this time. So we had to, to look for a regisseur and uh, happily uh, Jacques Cess, uh, Aubert de Vilaine, uh, met uh, Ted Lemon. Who is an American, younger American. Yeah, yeah. And he, he went for, how do you say, stage, internship. Yeah, voilà. even stages. Yeah, stage, people. stage. And uh, they recommended they recommend both uh, Ted to, to us. Because he had worked at Dujac. Yes, but at this time, Ted was back to, to, the, to the States. He wasn't in Burgundy. I see, I see. We know it was very difficult to, to find some, somebody in Burgundy, uh, not in the school in Bourne. It was, it was very difficult to imagine somebody after my father. And, you know, all the, all the team used to work with my father for so many times. Because now there's eight, eight people total. How many people were there? At this time, it was smaller. It was uh, three. I see. Okay. Well, but three, those four. people knew your father and knew his style quite yes, well. Yes, and they were the same age. And uh, it was, you know, difficult to imagine a new person, uh, not from the family. So we were hesitating. And finally, we decided to employ Ted. We employ him by phone. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Must be a great phone call for him. <laughs> great, yeah, for us too. For us too, by phone. And uh, so my father died first of November. I, I, I think we employ him uh, late uh, late December, and he arrived in January. So 
now it's 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 maybe uh, could uh, come on. It's something normal, but imagine it in '82. Yeah, it was not so easy. There weren't even <laughs> Americans visiting in '82. Uh, wait, wait. Uh, a little bit, but so so, so much less. Huh? And uh, imagine less. Uh, Im- imagine uh, Ted. I think he was 25, 24, 25, arriving in this estate, knowing nobody, working with people uh, much uh, older than him, 50, 55, 45. And uh, he used to be, he, he, he was supposed to be the, the boss, huh? the, to the director of viticulture. And, and so he had, uh, he had, he had, I think, a very difficult time, but of course, uh, something very interesting for, for him to, but he, he did a very good job. He was a great, he is a great guy. And uh, unfortunately, he was not so lucky with the vintage. You know, 83 was quite difficult. He finished 82. 83 was quite difficult and 84 too, but especially 83. But uh, we all have a, 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 a big memory of this time. You know, the first vintage I f- after my father's death, the, the presence with Ted, the team, and it's very something very special. And I was happy because I, 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 I of course, I, I keep contact with Ted. And I meet him last year in, in his winery. We had a very good day. And he's going, he's going to, to visit Burgundy this year. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he makes wine today in California. Yes, Litoral, yes. And he's, he's, going, he's doing a very good job, of course. Wines are yeah. delicious. Yeah. Quite good wine. Then, so Ted finished the 82, he vinified 83, 84. And I, I think he left after harvest 85. So I was, during this time, I was acting uh, stage, uh, it was working. And when I was not working on stage, I was back home and uh, working at home, uh, sometimes managing some tasting, but I was, I was showing wine, I didn't vinify. Huh? Then my- But they probably wanted to talk to you because they were like, oh, Mr. Rouleau, mm. he's probably the guy, but you hadn't worked in the winery. Too. No, I, I, I had this because, in my perception of wine, it, it, this, it's a huge thing. When you begin to show the wine, you vinify personally. I see. Because I used to, to, to come on, to conduct tasting with wine, I didn't. Yeah. So it's uh, the, the perception of the wine and my interest in it, my, in, in mon, the way I, I, I involved in the vinification, it, it changed a lot at this time. So after Ted, my cousin Frank Frank Rux. Oh, he was your cousin. Yeah, I didn't understand is, that. Is, okay. Yes, and uh, was working with with the team too. And when Ted left, uh, Frank uh, takes the job. Took the job. Eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight, and then he had a, a come on proposition for a job at for a big job at Olivier Leflève, and he decided to go. Then at this time, I had a big decision to do. I was 32, 33, and uh, I need all this time to understand. And you know, and I make my way. I, I did what I wanted to do. I, I was an actor, and, and it's only at this time I had the perception of what represents Merceau, the history, the, the vine. I, don't, I, I wanted the, the wine to, to be still good. I wanted the estate works. I want to perpet- perpetuate. 
mm-hmm. yeah, you keep things going. Yes, keep things going. And uh, I think at 32, I may have an idea about the, the wine I wish to produce, which is, wasn't at all the case when I was 20. So it was a, bit, a, a difficult decision, but I made it. And I, I, I came back in uh, January 89. So 89 is my first vintage. And when did you get married? Married in 94. I see. And how did you and Alix de Monti meet? <laughs> uh, through acting. Oh, okay. Yes, because I had, uh, I had, uh, had a movie to shoot and I have a small piano uh, pieces to play inside this, this movie. Oh, okay. And I, I was friends with Etienne and I asked Who's him... Who's her brother? Yes, yes, Etienne de Monti. And I asked Etienne, uh, would you know somebody in the area who, who could help me to, to learn, to teach me piano? <laughs> and he said, why don't you ask my sister? That's the way. <laughs> and now, uh, uh, you know, she's from a, a historic winemaking family as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, associated in the Cote de Bonne as well. So you right. were somewhat nearby. Uh, it was very important for me to arrive in this family because uh, their involvement in wine is, uh, of course, if, is, is, is huge. And at this time, they were producing only red wine, but they already have uh, wine interest. I, I would say differently than usual uh, red burgundy family. But, you know, when I arrived in the family, they were still drinking the white wine is, is, is tiny glasses. And I first asked, uh, you know, very shyly, we should have bigger, bigger glasses yeah. of the white. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's began this way. And, uh, but, you know, Alex loves the white. And, uh, you know, it was fascinating. The, the, the lunch and dinner with de Monti in the early 90s was great. Because her father right. was alive. And yeah, and, and, and uh, he's still alive. Huh? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. But he's, he's, uh, the, the way... The, you never eat or drink at De Monti's table. You're always like a critic. You, it's, uh, so, so the dinner or lunch is a big things, and they speak about food, wine, and it took a long time. It, it's, it, was, it was a good, uh, a very good thing for me. I lost my father. You know, it's, it's something I have no more communication with, with the old generation. It's, uh, it's difficult for me, you know. I'm... I'm it's it's good in a family to have somebody who give you a, a back uh, come on uh, feeling back from from the tradition generation. My mother is, is no more tasting, so I, I have this feeling to be a little bit alone in the family, and I appreciate this in the De Monti family. The, it's it's a team because they also have strong-willed personalities. Well, yeah, and yes. they have a stance and they yeah, take it. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. find mm-hmm. um, and it must have been interesting. I mean, as you say, to come from a white wine making family where yeah. you really 85% is white mm-hmm. and then to go and marry into a, a historic red wine. You know there are a lot of of marriage between Meursault and the on the Volnay. Is that just but, so you guys can have dinner? Like all enough wines to have? <laughs> but you know, not, not, not through uh, acting. The, our, our, our meeting was very special because it was because, uh, as I explained, with uh, with uh, the way we meet with Alex. But um, then I, I was explaining De Monti at this time was only red, and they they, they were they had the opportunity to buy the plot of uh, Cairet. Sure, was it ninety three? 
And they asked me to, if I it was okay to manage it. And, and I say, of course, okay. It's, it was very interesting for me. And I, I vinify the Kairis. You since, did. I've had that one. Okay. Yes. Since the quite beginning, which was 93, is the first vintage, until 99. Since uh, Manti also has a Nagos project at yeah. Dumanti. Mm -hmm. And so they make more white now. Yeah. Um, and has Alex looked to you for some guidance in, in that uh, for some of the whites? Or no, Alex is, is, is uh, doing by herself a wine. We taste together and uh, our palate are not similar, but we like the same thing. She like maybe a little bit more acidity than I. I like a light, a light bitterness better than her. That's the, the, I, that would describe the different palate like this, but we like the same thing. Uh, I taste yesterday in the city the, the new Bellus Cuvée, Bourgogne yeah, Blanc, 11. Sure. It, was, mm -hmm. it was good. And that's made by Alex. Oui, oui, oui. oui. And uh, how has, maybe you could chart the, what, what's happened at Rouleau in terms of the different parcels, because it's a little unclear to me um, what you've added. You mentioned to me that you were going to be making a new Bourgogne Blanc uh, cuvee soon. Maybe you could just... Okay, I, I, I may explain that. So I told you my, when my father died, we were at 14.5 hectares. Then we lost some plot. We we decided to leave the lower appellation plots in Bone, which was not so, so good. And we decreased, decreased until... 10.7. Then we bought Boucher in 96. Not the big plot I was speaking about, another plot of Boucher, a, a, a tiny, a, a small one. Uh, Poruso in uh, 03. We had the new Metayage. You know what is Metayage? When you we, you rent a, a plot. I see. You don't own it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, of of Narvo. And then in two years, uh, 010 and 011, I was uh, I had the possibility to 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 had some more purchase, and in two years, we are back to 15 hectares. Oh, well, congrats! Yeah, yeah. So it's like the size of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's the same size, and this this is the right size for the seller, 15 hectares, and this is the right size for my head. <laughs> I I. I I like to be focused, not on the two big things. And the happy thing with Domaine Rouleau, it's all the plots are not so far away. Of course, I would be motivated to, to do some kilometers to, to go to the right place. <laughs> but it's, it's a good thing, you know, to manage the vineyard and to, to, to come on. Have a bit of, uh, have it nearby and yeah. easy to see, and yeah, yeah. easy to work that way. So the new acquisition uh, from those two last vintage are uh, Croteau, I spoke to you about that, uh, Gruyache, which is both, uh, the total of the both is half an hectare, Claude la Baronne, which is much bigger, 1.45, uh, 1.35, uh, addition of the, the new plot of Poruso, uh, 0.2, and the big plot of uh, Claude de Boucher I was, I was speaking about. And one of the things that's interesting about Rouleau is that uh, the wines are very popular in the United States, but also very popular in France. It's not um, some, some producers are very popular here. Mostly their wine is exported, but you actually sell a great deal in France. I think about a third of the production. Is that but we, Yeah. But I, uh, 
c'est marrant ça. It's funny. Uh, I know some some very very good producers. We mainly uh, sell in, in in the export market, and my father, my parents build a, a clientele customer around French known restaurant. You know, we we are in many many places in restaurant in France, and we still do this job, a wine shop. Uh, so in the French market, still is still a third of our commercial activities. Do you find that um, the palate of the American consumer and the French consumer tends to be similar or dissimilar? Are, are people looking for the same sorts of things or not? I'm sorry, but I'm mainly looking for what you my, care about. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. He just pointed to himself. If, he, if you're not in the studio, I, I'm. Uh, That's no, yeah, fine. I, I, That's I, totally I think there are people sensitive to and to 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 to, to, to sort of wine or other, and you may have them either in U.S., either in France, either in Japan. Uh, and what do you care about? I mean, what's important to you? We talked a little bit about transparency about the site, but if you were to uh, talk about the style of Rouleau, uh, what what is that? Clarity, deepness, length. And an important thing to me, it's when you drink, you have to, to wish to be back to your glass. To It's difficult to me to, to translate the feeling I want to express. Um, you get thirsty for more. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I don't like to, you know, sometimes it's good, but you just have a zip and you want to have the next wine. It's, that's what I don't like. You know, big, heavy, uh, 100 points. <laughs> And uh, no, I, I, so, so many people are missing this kind of wine. And it's okay for me. It's, it's, there are different ways to produce wine, different ways to taste it. And there's place for everybody. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm right, and I just try to produce wine I like to taste. That's my only uh, challenge. Voilà. And you do also have some spirits, and your dad had some spirits. Yeah. Maybe you could talk a little bit about those. I, I don't know if Americans really know. I, I, excuse me, uh, Livia. I want to explain, sure. because I, I missed to explain the MQV. Oh, yeah, please. Uh, I should add this. So, uh, because it's in relationship with what we're going to speak, Uh, I, I built a negos to produce the spirits to be able to buy fruit. But I will explain this later. So as a negos, I'm now, I'm now able to buy wine, juice, uh, grapes. And uh, we, we had some plot, Les Vireuils, some Bourgogne Blanc too, we don't own. And in the past, the part of the owner was used to be sold in a big negos in Bone. So it's same, of course, it's same grape, same quality, same viticulture, same way of managing uh, vineyard. So now as a negos, I'm able to buy this part. So this, it's a third. This third is, is staying at home. It's the same, it's exactly the same wine. So the M Merceau you see on uh, New York market is a viraille. Oh, okay. You understand? I, I think I do, yeah. Voilà. But but uh, I don't want to have a Meursault Vireuil Jean-Marc Rouleau because it would bring uh, confusion. Confusion as to which is which. Voilà. And I don't want to 
there is, could be any confusion between estate uh, label and Jean-Marc Rouleau label. Mm. But I want to be honest and I want to, I want my negus uh, to be the same quality of domain. So I'm not buying uh, grapes outside of the estate. It's only grapes we are managing. So you have the M Merceau and since 2012, we'll have a Bourgogne Blanc Jean-Marc Rouleau, which is the same explanation. So that, that was for the for the two wine from my negos. Uh, for the um, for the, the spirit. So uh, we had a tradition in the family. I told you I'm the sixth generation. We are uh, with my sister. We are the sixth generation, and we used to be uh, to to make brandies, to have a distilled machine, and I love to do this. I learned it with my father, and we still own we still own the machine. We used to produce Mar and Fin Bourgogne, which was hugely much more successful than it is right now. In the past, people produced more, much more Mar de Bourgogne and, and Fin. And it was an activity my father and grandfather were not doing only for themselves, but they, they do it for all the producers. And they were going to different villages, Montly, Oxedures. You know, it was a job. I think in the 70s, it, it, it took maybe three months a year to my father, three to four months a year during the winter. During when you were And at this time, I was very successful. Huh? And I learned with my father to, to how to distill. And to me, distill, distillation was a school for wine. It's a school for precision. You know, you, you had to know when you select the, the brand, when, when, you, when you begin, when you stop, it's very important. You have to be near the machine. <laughs> and um, I love this. And beside, à côté de, besides the, the, the Mar, the Bourgogne, and Fin Bourgogne, my father was producing a little bit of, of fruit for himself. And the, the, poire, the poire was very famous inside Meursault because he, he, he shared it with his, his, his friend, with his, the wine grower he knew. And they friendly call it La Poire du Rouleau. So this name, La Poire du Rouleau, I want to renew with that. So I bought pears from the same place, huh? um, the, the old, from the Haute Côte de Beaune. And I, I decided to, 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 to renew with the job and bottle a, a new pear. And I call it, of course, La Poire du Rouleau. Then I have the, uh, I wanted to, to try raspberry. So I, I bought raspberry too. And I'm producing La Framboise du Rouleau. And uh, I want to, 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 to produce a liquor because my father tried uh, apricot liquor too. It was quite good. So I had uh, apricot liquor. There is no distillation in, in apricot liquor. But uh, the, the apricot comes from a very famous place. as Jean-Louis Chave Abricot. Oh, okay. So it's a good no, combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the apricot liquor is very successful in, in, in France. It's, it's worked quite well, yes. So I'm producing those three brandy. Sometimes people doesn't understand why suddenly there are two brandies in the ruler range, but there is an explanation, an history with that, and it's it's a sort of continuity. It's important for 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 the for the people to know that it's not something. Uh, it's come from any any place. <laughs> and about the wine. Yeah. So, uh, when do you usually drink your own wines? Obviously, every vintage is different, but at what age do you tend to enjoy uh, one of the Ludis of Merceau that you make? 
you know, I don't need to have very, very old white. Even if having some, it's a very special experience. Huh? But I like to have my wine, I would say, between eight years old to, 20, to 12 or, to, or 15 years old, something like this. For example, right now, I like to have the 04. It's speaking to way, 04, 02, 99. I like, I, like, I like this kind of age, but an apple in, in the cellar, we used to, to, to drink too, too young wine, of course. <laughs> that's, that's our job. <laughs> and uh, what do you usually eat when you drink your own wines? What are foods that you especially, I mean, I, of course, I have some idea, but what do you really like to have? With it's, up, it's up to the age of the wine, you know, it could be so much different. Yeah. No, for example, for Christmas, uh, this Christmas, we had a, we had a, Boucher au four in Magnum. And I like to open a, for, at the quite beginning of the meal. Huh? And then I like to be back to Meursault with an older vintage with, uh, with some cheese. Not all the cheese, but some, some cheese. It's, it's matched quite well with old Meursault. And you, you know, you grew up in Burgundy yeah. and then you went away for some years and then you came back. How mm. do you think having a bit of, uh, a trip away and then returning. How do you think Burgundy has changed or has it changed um, in just what you see in daily life during that the period of time that you've observed it? I think there is a, a, a big change in the 90s uh, because people realized they couldn't follow the... I'm mainly thinking about viticulture, of course. Um, there was a, a new association, Le Geste, maybe you heard about it, Groupement d'études et suivi des terroirs. was a new association uh, which was built in, the, I think, 95. And at this time, we were maybe not, now we are 85, we were maybe 40. And group, which means Groupement d'études et suivi des terroirs, it means uh, preservation of soil. And it's, it's a symbolic association, it's a symbolic date, but it means something because people realize they have to preserve the soil, the terroir, to decrease chemistry, uh, chemistry uh, to go to organic, to use uh, organic compost. Which is something you did. You, yeah. you went to yeah. organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your uh, father was not. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I, begin to, I began to decrease when I went, when I went back and I was uh, full uh, organic in 2000, but not certified. I didn't want to, to be at this time, but hearing and uh, écouter, hearing and uh, reading what people said or write about organic, I decided three years ago to be certified because it's a huge place for, for lie. To, you understand? So people can say, well, we work organically, but they're not certified. No. It's, uh, and it's uh, many people lie. Because uh, it's and, popular And, and now. Pe people d don't understand. They mix uh, biodynamic and, and organic. And it's, it's quite difficult. And I think if you want to be honest, uh, 
I, I think we need it to be certified. So, so all 13 will be the first vintage to be certified. We, oh, you need, congratulations. You need, you need three, three years, but we are organics in 2000. Voilà. But how, has, how have things changed outside of winemaking? How have things changed in Burgundy? Has, or have they changed in terms of just how you buy bread or who's visiting or what it's like or what cars so I, people are driving? I think uh, I, I spoke to you about the jest, but a second thing which, which happened, it's that now wine growers are traveling and it changed a lot. It changed a lot. It changed a lot the perception the wine producer have of their own own wine, the way they should uh, make it, and they should not just cork the bottle and forget it. <laughs> I think the job is not finished when you put the, the cork on the bottle. It's, it's important to know who is going to drink your wine, uh, who is going to promote it, and how is it who drink it. It's 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 a part of the job. Should not do just just do this, but uh, it's it's an important part of the job. You know, in the past we used to have the importer once a year, and that's all. You don't know where the wine we're going. So it's the, the, the business change also because of this. You know, I can't receive everybody in my cellar, but when I'm here for for a big event or dinner, and I. I'd like if I, if there is a, a three wine courses, I'd like this, this to be in the right way. I'd like to to offer as, as something as close as what could be what would be a visit in the cellar. So, so it's uh, it's my job if I come here. I'm I'm not a tourist. <laughs> I'm a tourist, of course, but my job is to to promote my wine and I try to to bring a little bit of Burgundy here, showing my wine. And maybe uh, I wonder if you could talk about some of the more recent vintages and what you thought about them uh, for the wines, uh, just in general, vintage comments. I, I know you like the Luche 07 a lot, but I was yeah. wondering if you could kind of tell people that or tell some of the other favorites. About, about Luche, just a small thing about Luche 07. I, I like this wine because uh, when, I, when I taste it, Especially, I have the memory of the tasting it in '09 or maybe two, one or two years ago. This this is the kind of wine I like to produce. Say, sometimes you have you have uh, it's 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 maybe difficult to explain. You you ask me what is your style, and sometimes it's even difficult for me to express this from myself. So the easiest thing would be to to suggest you a glass of Luché 07. C'est ce que j'aime. This is what I like. Bon, uh, about the vintage. With Alex, we are sometimes in, 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 we disagree with the quality of vintage. And she told me, you're always uh, a, con a contrario. A contrario. You understand? Come on. Yeah, she, she thinks one thing and you try no, to. No, no, it's not, not between her and me. Between the, for example, people uh, don't like 09. Oh, I, I like them very the much. The general comment. Yeah, yeah. Bon, I like 09. Well, my favorite vintage is 07, as I told. But I, I think 09 is a very classic vintage if harvested not too late. Huh? But it's a, it's a vintage of precision. And I was disappointed to have so many people arriving in the cellar and, and beginning, oh, it's a shame 09 is big, it's heavy. It's, uh, I just told them, wait, taste. 
have some magnum, keep them 15 years and we'll speak about that later. <laughs> so I like 09 much better than the usual uh, perception of, of this vintage. 010, well, 010, I know the perception is very good. Was diff- 010 is, I, I like the village wine. Uh, so we had some some uh, rain at the at the end of before harvest, some plot in uh, especially in premier cru were a little bit damaged. I mean botrytis. We had to sort. You know, it's okay to sort, but you're never doing as well as when the nature is 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 nice with you. <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's maybe not not as as precise as an 09 is. It's much powerful vintage, of course. I like I like the, the 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 village very much. I like Perrier, I like Charme. Maybe it's a little bit more difficult for some other. And uh, what I want to add, it's in the cellar was not so easy with O10 because the Malo were very difficult to achieve to achieve. And this is this to is get started to finish to finish the start, but to finish was quite difficult. So maybe we are not a good. Um, come on. It's difficult for us to have an advice because we we, we really life with live with this uh, difficulty. So we, we, it's difficult for us to to forget it. Voilà. That's my feeling about O10. Remind me a little bit ninety six, but maybe in in ninety six the quality was more constant since all the the plot. And about O eleven. Uh, so we're now focused on it because bottling them soon, February to March. I like them. I like them. It's not as uh, it's not as as big, of course, as as O10. Is is a mean? Is it's a vintage for people who know the wine? Quite good uh, terroir identification, terroir expression. Of course, it's not big. It's in average. It's. 0.8 to 1 degrees below in terms of uh, alcohol potential, below than O10. You know, O10 is big. It's, uh, you have something in the glass. <laughs> you have to look for in the O11, but if you, if you focus on your glass it's, and you have attention, it's good. It's, I like this. It reminds me a little bit O7, maybe not as, uh, there is not as much energy as it's, had in the 07, but it's this style of vintage. And I'm, of course, producing a huge quantity of Magnum in 011. You are? Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. you feel that they can age for... Why? And what about 8? I, I think... I mean. 8. Uh, many, many 07 were harvested too early, so perception was not so good. So after 08 came, and oh, it's good. Lot of uh, you mean excitement. in general, not in, for in, Yes, in white burgundy. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. It's uh, c'est pas ma table de thé. It's not my cup of tea. It's okay. It's good. What it's are it's good? It's it's uh, it's a little bit O ten style, but O ten is a little bit more cleaner. C'est plus propre. Oui. What are other vintages that were big, memorable vintages, perhaps because of the challenges that you face since 89? Like you mentioned, that some vintages really stand out because they were difficult to deal with for one reason or another. What are other learning vintages that came along in your career? Uh, I would mention first uh, 03, of course. 
which yeah. was very difficult to manage. We had a big question to, to answer. We have no background. Because of the heat. Yeah, we never <laughs> saw that in, in the past. And it was uh, very interesting to, to, to vinify. Very, very interesting. And they, it's not so bad, not so bad. When you taste an Osri, you, you, you understand what is uh, acidity useful because there is no acidity. <laughs> but it's good, it's fresh. The aroma are fresh in the O3. In the mouth, of course, it lacks something, but it, it's, it's interesting to see how they're aging. And about challenging vintage, of course, I would mention O4 with a high uh, disease pressure, especially odium. And we had to sort, we make a big, big, uh, big job with sorting wine. And uh, it's very, I, I like O4, it's very good. Yeah, because you mentioned earlier that you're, mm. you've been drinking O4s, and I was a little yeah. surprised because it's, uh, it's very lean. But year. we do a good job in the, in the winery in, in O4. And uh, the aroma is typical of, uh, there is a tiny greeny thing in, in the aroma of, of O4. Some people are very reluctant, reluctant to it. But if you accept it, the mouse is... Uh, very good energy, energy with a lot of energy. Not as precise and focused as 07, but this is the same style of vintage. Voilà. And uh, those are the, the two challenging vintage I should mention. I have, of course, very good memories of 96. I should speak about, uh, because I know when you, in, in the state, when you say 96, everybody is thinking uh, Primox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to be rude. But what's no, your no, opinion no, on the yeah, subject? No, it's, it's a place we should speak about that. Because I think if people, if Wangora do not speak, it's, it's a wide open window to misunderstand. Come to your own conclusion. Yeah, and I think you have to know Wangora are working on it, looking for it, what's happening. And uh, I hope, I hope things are going to, to, to change. And uh, we mainly changed things since '09 with the way we press, separating the last part of the press, the 10 last percent of the press, uh, because the potentially oxidative particles are arriving at the, at the latest part of the press. Let me know if it's too technical. No, huh? it's fine. I think people need to know because we rarely hear a Burgundian talk okay. about the issue here okay. in the country. And uh, so I manage the press as usual for the 91st percent with SO2. Then the last, the last 10% are without SO2. Then we separate this juice, let it settle, it oxidizes. And the, 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 the idea, if, if you're supposed to have an oxidation, to provoke it as soon as possible. It's settled in a, in a special tank separate the juice, the clear juice from the dirty part. The dirty part is definitely lost for the wine, but the two-thirds, which are clarified, you separate it, add SO2, and put it back in the 91st percent. Voilà. Now I need time to see if it's, it's not my idea. I, I was... You were inspired by yeah, others? Yeah, yes. Mention this? Yes. And uh, so we do this and I do, I do hope it's going to change something. You know, I was not, I had some trouble of, with Premox, 96, 02, 99 sometimes. Uh, voilà. we, we need time, obviously with 09, and, and I'm doing this with 
every cuvee now. And I do hope it's going to change something. I'm very careful with the cork. I'm very careful not to lie the bottle right after bottling. So you don't lay it horizontally? No, I like to, to, to stay the, the bottle standing up. I didn't know that. For two days. So the cork takes its, its, its full room back. I see, time. I see, and by I, itself without yeah, the by, liquid by touching it. Yeah, yeah. Because I checked when I was uh, making uh, Jeroboam or big, big contain, big uh, content. It's a hand corking. Sure. And if it was not do exactly what, uh, the way you wanted to do, it, I was able to push the cork with my with just one fingers, even one hour before, after, or two, one or two hours after, which was not at all possible the day after. So I decided this, this is uh, the way I decide not to lie the bottle right after corking. Because when you put the liquid in, the cork gets bigger because of the liquid inside the cork. But if you let the cork find the space by itself, then it's yeah. going to be that big. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, interesting. It's I didn't to, know to, that. to increase the étanchéité. Sure. Voilà. And the, the batonnage, is it an issue with uh, Primox or no? When stirring of the leaves? I think uh, probably in Burgundy, people uh, batonate uh, too much. Uh, is that true? But but it, it's changing a little bit now, because you don't a lot. What, no like no, I, I used to say nothing. I, I should not. I, I use batonnage a little bit yeah. to use. Come uh, on, reduction potential of fleas. It's a light batonnage. I would say once a month, no more. And after Malo, I stop. Are there other producers of white burgundy that you particularly enjoy to drink, uh, whether they're your friends or not? Oh uh, yes. A lot. <laughs> I should mention my, my wife's wine. <laughs> uh, Bellus yesterday was good. I don't want to send uh, you back to a hostile environment, <laughs> so it's probably a good idea. You know, I, 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 come on, uh, I, would, I would like to mention, of course, I like the, the known estate. I'm friend with Dominique Lafon. I'm close to Koch. Uh, of course, I, I, I love their wine, even if the style are different. Because those are very different than what you make. Yeah, yeah, but it's, 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 it's a very good thing. There are different expressions from the same village. But I would mention somebody who is not as known in Meursault, and I think this estate is producing great wine since a very long time. C'est Henri Germain. I, I love uh, Henri Germain wine. Very good and from a very long time. Because uh, that, that would seem to me like a producer that was similar to your style in yeah, a way. Yeah. Uh, very linear and defined yeah. and clear. Right. And good, a lot of respect for, 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 for those people. Voilà. And uh, that's for Meursault. Uh, for, uh, I like Carillon wine, Sauzé. I'm drinking, uh, I like Dovisa, I like uh, many, many. And when you approach red wine, um, do you look for that same level of precision that you look for in the whites with the reds? Because they seem to me to be very linear reds. They're very precise for me, but maybe yeah. I don't know. What is your philosophy <laughs> for red? I think it's two different jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Very difficult. Very difficult to explain. I would not say, uh, I'm not speaking of my red. Huh? When I taste the red, I'm, I'm not as focused of, on uh, precision. I, I don't know. I would say my school for red was the Montilla. I see. That actually makes a lot of sense. I never thought about that, but that's, that's my school. Now I'm, 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 I'm thinking about uh, texture for red. Mm -hmm. 
Pezrol 78. <laughs> That's mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Pezrol 78. This is something. <laughs> and uh, just a, uh, I know you don't, uh, you're not so concerned with the market, but I did notice that you're doing a consignment direct from the winery uh, at auction in in Asia. Yeah. Uh, that's going to happen soon. And what do you think about what's happening in the Asian market with Burgundy? What is your perspective from the seller of of the changing market in the Far East? I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Many people, many people come from uh, Hong Kong, Japan, Japan from a long time, but maybe Japan is is not uh, as active as it was uh, ten years ago. I think it's a good way. Uh, I'm not working with uh, continental China, but Hong Kong is a big place, important for us. I, 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 I went there only one time. This will be my second trip, so I'm not, I'm not able to speak as, uh, as, as, as I know, for example, the U.S. market. I don't know Hong Kong market as well. But I think it's interesting. It could only help Burgundy. You know, Bourgogne est à la mode. It's fashion, Burgundy. It's, so, so we have to see to to see where is the right place, and this is also the motivation of of this trip. I see to find out because you do have a curiosity about where the bottles yeah. go. Oh, yeah, oui. always, always. Um, <clears throat> if there was a a place in the world, it could be Burgundy, could not be Burgundy, where you'd really like to work uh, a row of vines that you don't, uh, where would that be? Do you have a specific interest? Yes, yes. Uh, German Riesling. <laughs> oh, is that true? Do you drink a lot at home? Oui, j'aime bien, oui, oui. Ah, yes, yes. That, yes. that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> and uh, Austria too. I'm going to Austria in February. I see. To visit some estate. And there is a, a famous uh, uh, come on, brandy producer. I'm going to Reitz visit. Reitzer Bauer? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's amazing. He almost knocked I met me him once time. Was he's a huge man. And he, yeah, yeah. He knocked in. But he's he's, he's, he's so. making a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who do you like in, in German Riesling, if I may ask? Like, what do you usually drink at home? If you don't want to say it's fun. No, I had, uh, just, uh, I had Jojo Prume for this, sure. this uh, new heap. Of course, it's, it's good, but I, I, like, I like this. Dr. Luzen, I met him once time. He's got a lot of flair. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if, you know, so Rulo has expanded under your father. It's under, expanded under yourself. Where do you see it in 10 to 15 years? What is the goal uh, for, for the domain, for the negos that you, you do? You always need to have project. So I told you 15 hectares is, is the size of my head. And this is the size for the, for the seller. So, of course, I'm always looking for new plots. And if, if I got an uh, interesting new thing, I'm always able to, to leave some Aligoté or Bourgogne Blanc. Or, but... I may increase one hectare, one or two, but I, I never want to, to be uh, too big. 20 or 25 hectares is not, it's not for me, but I always have a possibility to, to increase the, the quality inside the, the, this size of estate. So uh, I, I, I can't say which plot I would... Uh, <laughs> you can imagine which one I, I'd like. It's easy, but uh, there are some in Merceau I, I really wish to have. Genevrière, par exemple. Because <laughs> you make Perrier. Perrier, Charme, Poruso, Boucher. And uh, I think if, if you were to add Genevrière to that, that would be oui. a lot of the top climat in, in Marceau. Oui. And Genevrière, c'est très intriguant. It's, uh, 
I think it's it's very difficult to catch a Genevrière. It's you may have it or not, but if you're successful, it could be the very best wine of the cellar. Is that true? Yes, yes. Maybe you Say could something. get Dominique to give you a few grapes. As an experiment. Let's call him. You know what I mean? I mean, you're friendly. With the, the Mais, uh, but you know, the, 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 uh, Perrier is charm. Perrier is more noble, something more regular. It's here every year. I think uh, maybe Boucher is a little bit like like uh, like Genevrière, huh? with, with this cap, cap, capricieux, capricious, capriciousness. Uh, you have to be to be uh, to be on the right time for harvest. To to be very careful. It's not as uh, regular as as a Perrier could be, of course. But if it's good, it could be quite really good. We can edit this out if this part becomes too personal, and you don't have to answer it. <clears throat> What 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 is the future succession plan for Rouleau? Do you have children? And um, what what happens after you? I have two children. I have two sons. The oldest is uh, will be soon uh, seventeen, and the the youngest soon will be five. And uh, as I explained at the beginning of the interview, you imagine the pressure I had when I was uh, eighteen. At this time, you know, in Burgundy, uh, every son of a uh, wine producer have to be uh, a wine grower. And my, my oldest son, I don't know about the, the youngest one, but my oldest son is quite motivated by, by food. He likes to eat, to, he likes to know what he's eating. Uh, you know, it's a combination of the Monti and Rouleau. It's, uh, he's very motivated with food and wine. He likes to taste. But it's a subject we never... Abordé. We're not speaking about that doesn't, at home because I, I don't, you know, with the story of with my story, I, I, I was explaining. I, I don't want to reproduce a pressure the on pressure. his on his shoulder, and I want if he decide to come, it could be his decision, his sa volonté, and this is for me the only way to produce good wine. It's not a, a choice to make by default. By default, sure. It's it's a choice you make by motivation, and then and you know I'm sure I'm not the same wine grower being back there at 32 than if I never left from when I was 20, and so uh, I, I still want to work for for some several years, of course. I want you to too. <laughs> yeah, just saying. Yeah, and we'll see for my son. But anyway, I will organize things. If you want to come, of course, he's welcome widely welcome and uh, but it will be his own decision and I think he needs to study maybe to travel a little bit then be back home if not maybe the second and uh, anyway try to 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 cultivate a good motivation you, you need to, you need to have an advice uh, if not it's just a job and you, of course, you, you customers feel it in the glass. You've had a changing relationship to wine in your own life. What, was there a particular moment that captured your imagination with wine, that you were drinking something that was very special to you? And what was that, if it happened? Well, it's happened several times, yeah. Even if at this time I was not so so 
motivated by wine, I, I would mention some tasting with my father. You know, when you when you lost your your your, your father, your parents, you you look for those became very precious moment I spent with him, of course. Uh, I would mention some tasting with special customer. There are people you're waiting every year because you know, you know, I like to be honest and I like people in the salon to be honest too. I'm not producing a, 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 a come on, je fais pas un sans faute tout le temps. I'm not, you don't want yes men coming and telling you how great you are. You want an honest assessment. Oui, it's, it's, it's too much boring because I know everything is not uh, on the top. I try to do my best and, and I have some old customer and, I, and, and you know, uh, which is important to, as I told you, as there, is no, there is no history, no memory, tasting memory in the family. So some, some clients some customer makes a jump because they, they knew my father. They knew those They knew ones. Ted. Some, some of them knew my father, Ted, Frank, then me. Uh, so it creates very special moment in the cellar. So sometimes it's not big customer, you know. It could be private people who came since uh, 30, 40 years at home. Thank you so much uh, for being here. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Jean-Marc Rouleau of Domaine Rouleau in Burgundy. A real honor to have you in the studio. Thanks. Merci beaucoup. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tenoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website, all drink to that pod.com. That's I L L drink to that pod.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening.